today we're going to answer the question, is love really blind? Stay tuned to find out the answer. All right, cue that music. Hey Rebel, welcome to Untoxify Your Relationship. Here we will talk about all things healthy and how to get that toxic mess out of you and your partnership. I'm your host, Melissa Webb, a practicing licensed mental health therapist with 10 years experience. All right, let's go ahead and hop into it. All right, y'all, this is episode 22. And today we're gonna answer the question, is love really blind? This is the last episode of our dating series. My favorite reality show right now is Love is Blind. So Love is Blind is a show on Netflix, a dating show, and two contestants, man and woman, they go in the pods, they don't see each other, they only talk through a wall, and if they make a meaningful connection, they get engaged, and then they meet, then they go to Mexico for like a honeymoon period, and then they go into the real world, and they have two weeks to plan their wedding, and then that is when they either get married or they break up, and it's all types of drama. Been watching this in season one in 2020 when we were all stuck in the house and we ain't had nothing else to do but watch TV all day. And I love the show. Love the show for a couple of reasons. One, I think it's unique that they start off in pots, then they have to get engaged, and then they go on this whole journey of getting married. As the seasons went on, it gets crazier and crazier. And to be honest, I am here for the drama. And also I'm here to do all my analyzing of people. Cause that's what I do when I watch reality shows. Cause I'm a therapist. Anyway, on the show, when they meet in the pods, they're cool. And they form this quote unquote connection. And then they get engaged and they finally see each other. Everything is cool until they see each other for some couples. Now, some couples seen each other and they fell instantly in love and You know, they're still married to this day. Others, not so much. So this last season, I remember um, it was one couple. They saw each other and the sparks just was not there. They ended up breaking up in Mexico. So they always ask the question on the show, is love really blind? And this is my answer to that question. People believe that what they have is love when it's really lust. Forming a connection with someone after two weeks, is it possible Yes. I mean, that's if that's all that you do all day is talk to this person, of course you can form a connection. Not saying that it's not genuine. I've never been on the show and I'm sure the people who are married now, they can probably give me some answers. All I'm saying is, is it love? I don't know. Is it love? Probably. <laughs> well, so today we're going to discuss love versus lust. And then we're gonna talk about what makes love blind. Let's go ahead and get into it. The phrase love is blind is an idiom and it means loving someone makes you unable to see their faults. And when I think of that and think back on the show, I think that is true when they meet in the past, everything's great. And then they go in Mexico and then all hell breaks loose uh, because someone was keeping secrets. Or, you know, after they get into the quote unquote real world, that is when they start to see this person flaws. And then they decide, like, can I really continue with this person? Then at the wedding, a lot of them break up and that's always interesting. So let's discuss love versus lust. We're going to start with lust first. 
Lust is an overwhelming sexual and physical attraction to someone. This usually happens when you first meet someone, so when you're first dating someone. And a lot of times you don't really know this person. I know when I was dating and I was really into someone, I would feel like this really strong attraction to this person. I would think about them all the time. And I'm like, yes, I can see my life with them. Oh my God, I was in lust. Because you don't really know this person and you project and make up a story of who they are. After date number one and two, you don't know everything about this person. So it's kind of hard. <laughs> I don't know why I was making up this whole story in my head that we could end up being together after one or two dates. Yeah, I was, thank God for therapy. Put it like that. A lot of times lust shows up in the honeymoon phase and a lot of times it's infatuation. And that's just where we live when we first meet someone. We kind of live in this lust, infatuation, honeymoon phase. And then we get out of the honeymoon phase and then we like, oh, this, this don't seem right. That's because lust is fun. It's exciting. It's like, oh my God, I can't wait to talk to this person and see this person. And that's why when the honeymoon phase is over, you're like, mm, I don't have the excitement no more in my relationship. And then that's when a lot of that's when I see a lot of times people break up or they think something's wrong. So they have to move on to the next person. That way they can have that rush of attraction and sexual desire, uh, sexual attraction and physical attraction to a person. Our Bible says something about lust. In 1 John, the second chapter starting at 15, it says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life comes not from the father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So our Bible tells us that lust is from the world, it's not from God. We need to be careful when it comes to lust because lust can lust is literally a counterfeit of love. If we create this lustful world, so to speak, within our relationships, then we're gonna have a counterfeit love, we're gonna have a counterfeit relationship, and it's not gonna be real. And I think that's where some people get stuck when they're dating. They get stuck in this lustful world that they created of this person. And then when it's over, it's like, meh, I don't know if I like this person anymore. Let's talk about love. Love is a deeper emotional connection that develops over time. It is mutual caring and understanding. It's nurturing the relationship. And again, it's not as exciting as lust. Love is like the calm down version of lust. You know, lust is like the chihuahua that's all over the place. And lust is like the chill old dog that just don't have time to bark at people that walk past the house. <laughs> so our Bible says something about love. First Corinthians, it's a famous passage. You hear it at weddings and you see it on Hallmark cards, but this is what the Bible has to say about love. It says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. 
Love never fails. When it comes to lust, it's very self-seeking because you're only thinking about your own desires and your sexual desires and your physical attraction to someone and you're trying to satisfy those in a way. Whereas love is not self-seeking. Love is patient and kind. And you really got to know a person to be patient and kind and know like the quirks and all the things that go with them. And I think a lot of times people don't get to that stage when it comes to dating because one, vulnerability is a thing that comes with love. Like you have to be vulnerable. You have to be open. You have to be honest. You have to be transparent. And some people just want like a quick fix. If you if you just want to be lustful and be in lust, that's on you. Let your partner know. But if you want to find a deeper, meaningful relationship and not be on the surface like with lust, then be open, honest, and transparent and vulnerable with your partner. That way you can form a deep emotional connection with that person. So I guess the real question is, what makes love blind? Well, I got three points. So point number one is you have a misconstrued idea of love. Okay, let's let's picture this. If you close your eyes, you can remember everything that you've seen before closing your eyes, whether that's the room you in and all the things that's in it, you can remember that when you close your eyes. That is how a person who is blind, not from birth, but maybe later on in life, they remember everything of what images looked like before they became blind. And so they take those images with them for the rest of their life. <laughs> Unless, you know, someone starts to describe something, they can start imagining things and things like that. I feel like that's how the contestants start off. The contestants before coming on the show, they have an idea of what love should look like. They have an image in their head of what love is. Then they get on this show and then they start loving these people from the image that they have of what love is. And then if their image is jacked up, then they're going to love people jacked up that is what I see a lot of times on the show and I think that's why I like watching the show because my little therapist brain be going like oh child you need to go see a therapist or a professional because a lot of times the people on there are loving people not in the way that they need to be loved and I don't even know if that's talked about again they spend two weeks in the pods talking to each other so I don't even know what that looks like however do the editing and cuts and paste, cutting and pacing from Netflix in. It looks like a lot of times people are going on the show, they have a jacked up image of love, and then they're projecting their jacked up image of love on other people. This in real life too, because I've seen and done therapy with people who have jacked up images of love and then they're putting that on their partner. They have unrealistic expectations and are they seeing things and that's and that's what they think relationships are. And it's not. You got to go off what the Bible tell you, boo. If love is patient, love is kind and you are her being mean to your partner, you, that's not love. So let's not love people jacked up because we jacked up. And we don't want to go get the help to become unjacked up. You need to be getting the truth of how to love from D-truth, y'all know D-truth means the Bible here, instead of from society. Otherwise, you're going to be out here foolishly dating, foolishly loving, foolishly being in relationships and wondering why no one wants to stick around because you loving people jacked up. Point number two, you don't have love for yourself. 
In Mark 12, 31, Jesus says, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. The first one was love your God with all your heart and soul and mind. So if, you, if you're going to show love to everyone, you got to show love to yourself as well. It's kind of hard to love other people if you don't have love for yourself. Lacking that love for yourself, you will literally turn around and treat people not with love. You got to keep God in the center and love others and yourself. And this will happen naturally. If God is not in the center of your life and you are going off of your, your misconstrued ideal of love and you're loving people jacked up. That's because God is not in the center. When you put God in the center and you love God, that's why the first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and with all your strength. If you're loving God, you're going to receive that love back. Then you will know how to love yourself and how to love others. If God is not in the center, you will not know how to love. That's why in 1 Corinthians, talk about what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind, right? And do not boast. If you love God, you would think differently about how to treat others because you know what love is because God is love at the end of the day. So loving God helps you to love others better and it also helps you love yourself better. So remember when you want to love others, you got to put God first. You got to put God in the center. And lastly, point number three, you're only striving for lust. And if that's your thing, hey, you do you, that's your business. But if you want a deeper relationship, don't strive for lust, strive for love. Know that lust is only going to last. It's temporary, right? Lust is very temporary. Whereas love is a deep rooted emotional connection with someone. That's why when you love God and God is, you got that deep rooted and you anchored in him, nothing can tear you away. And that should be the same for when we are loving people, especially our partners, our people, you know, that we've gotten to the point of dating where we're like, yes, okay, I can love you because you're healthy. <laughs> Let's not love unhealthy people. You can love unhealthy people, but love them from afar. Healthy people, we want to love them. We want to have that deep, close um, connection with them. So lustful relationships are very shallow. You're afraid to get deep. You're afraid to be vulnerable. You're afraid to be open, honest, and transparent with your partner. And that may be because of hurt, um, some things that's happened in the past, trauma. Again, go see a professional to get that worked out because if you want shallow relationships, that's on you. Humans, we crave deep, intimate relationships. So go ahead and allow yourself to have those relationships and not be shallow. In Galatians 5 and 16, it says, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the, the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. We know lust is giving into those sexual and physical desires. Let's not give into those. Let's walk by the spirit and not by our flesh because our flesh and our spirit are always going to be in conflict with each other. That's why you got to really tune in to what the Holy Spirit and God is telling you. That way we are not walking by our flesh, but we are walking by the spirit. And that way we can have healthy, meaningful relationships. 
So I think with, again, going back to dating series episode number one, knowing your dating vision will definitely help you to help you to not walk by your flesh, but to walk by the spirit. Hopefully, you know, when you create your dating vision, you were praying, you um, sought out advice from spiritual leaders, spiritual family. Hopefully the Holy Spirit told you what to put on there. And so it is hopefully (laughs) spirit led and spirit filled. Use that dating vision and take that with you and go out here and date and get the best partner you can get. Yay. (laughs) All right. That is it, y'all. Thank you all for listening. As always, episodes drop on every Monday. Share, like, subscribe. Tell your auntie, uncle, and cousin and them about the show. Your best friend, your co-worker, your teacher, all the people. Spread the message of the show. As always, stay classy and non-toxic. <laughs> and I will see you all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening. Go ahead and share this episode with your family and friends. Don't forget to check out the quiz to figure out what your toxic trait is. The link is in the show notes. Thank you and see you next time.